welcome to the Environmental Justice Report with me, your host, Janine Moloff. So this week, um, we're doing a show on where all the radioactive materials from fracking waste goes. Now, we're not sure exactly, just a little note here, we're not sure if we're going to remain on Blog Talk Radio. Um, we're negotiating with the actual um, internet provider to see if we can come up with something that is helps all of us. If not, I'll let you know where you can actually catch up with this show, with the Environmental Justice Report, and with Progressive News Network as well. But we will keep going regardless. So let's get started. So most people don't think of basically the oil and gas industry as producing radioactive waste, but they do. In fact, uh, journalist Justin Nobel investigated the issue of frac I'm sorry, the issue of fracking waste. And fracking waste contains radioactive material as well as other oil and gas um, products. We just haven't been told about this before, so we don't think of it in those terms. So rather than trust the politicians or the corporate attorneys, journalist Justin Nobel dug deep into the situation, especially in the um, business dealings of this one company in Texas known as Lotus LLC. And Lotus LLC has been expanding internationally. So it's an important player and we need to know what they're doing. Now keep in mind that the term LLC is an acronym which stands for Limited Liability Corporation. And though there are legitimate uses for this legal contrivance, the situation with Lotus, their LLC truly makes a mockery, it seems, at least in my opinion, of any implied legitimacy. <clears throat> Coming bad allergies today, people. So Lotus LLC has been caught stockpiling materials in what can only be called out as careless, <clears throat> negligent, and frankly dangerous. Well, let me start over again, okay? Lotus LLC has been stockpiling these waste materials in a manner that can only be called out as careless, negligent, and frankly dangerous to workers on the site and the public at large. And this repository that they've collected of fracking waste is little more than a garbage dump for radioactive materials. Lotus LLC didn't care for this expose uh, written by Justin Nobel and published on very respected smog blog. So they took them to court demanding a full retraction of the expose. This episode also speaks to the abuse of our dubious justice system by the rich and powerful at everyone else's expense. So this show is all about radioactive waste produced by the fossil fuel industry. And yes, you heard that right. As it turns out, not only fracking with tar sand, but just run-of-the-mill oil and gas supplies generate radioactive waste to varying degrees. And here's the sad part about it. That radioactive waste generated by the oil and gas industry is not properly regulated by the Environmental Protection Agency or the EPA. And you ask yourself, well, why aren't, aren't, why aren't they regulated? Well, that's thanks to a little-known exemption dating all the way back to 1980, and it was crafted specifically to accommodate the fossil fuel giants, and it's known as the Benson-DeVille um, Amendments, but we'll get to that. So these radioactive byproducts and waste from oil and gas are being stored improperly. 
That's part two of the story. Part one of the story deals with legal threats issued by Lotus LLC, one of the companies, one of the largest companies doing this, that basically stores this radioactive waste. Now, Lotus LLC has threatened the environmental journalism blog called the Smog Blog with legal action. So let's let's start, okay? So from the Smog Blog, we have an article, and it was just written by the Smog, I guess by its staff there. And the headline is Texas Company Exposed by the Smog for Radioactive Fracking Waste Practices and Threatens Legal Action. You have to keep in mind, first of all, that fracking waste really does contain a sizable amount of radioactive material. That's one. But you also have to remember, up here, we just found out that just run-of-the-mill oil and gas um, byproducts, in other words, regular run-of-the-mill oil and gas um, products that are not part of the fracking uh, process also contain byproducts that are radioactive as well. And we just haven't been told about it. So the smog, the smog blog investigated, again, through this journalist named Justin Nobel. And Justin Nobel's written also for Rolling Stone and several others. So Lotus LLC, which is based in Texas, has tried multiple ways to keep the information about their company under wraps. And you have to, and this article was published July 13, 2021, in the Smog Blog. You have to remember, we're familiar with this in St. Louis because we have improperly dumped and illegally dumped radioactive materials in a landfill. Now, this isn't a landfill. I'm looking at a picture right now, and it is credited to Justin Hamill and copyrighted, and you see this just looks like a big, dusty parking lot. You see all these barrels that are in various states of decay, frankly. You know, they're rusted. They don't look like anything's in good repair at all. And this is where they're storing this radioactive waste because they can get away with it. So let's go back a little. According to this article where Lotus LLC is threatening the smog blog with legal action. They want them to retract the expose and the photos, okay? So on April 22nd, the smog blog published a year-long investigation, and that was by, again, Justin Nobel, into the practices of what they call Lotus LLC, who brands themselves as an environmental services company. Don't you just love those, those little um, soft labels? You know, it's kind of like you know, we don't call out torture anymore. It's enhanced interrogation. And, and dumping radioactive materials is really an environmental services company. You know, I'm not saying Lotus did that, but I'm just saying it, it's kind of ironic. So Lotus LLC operates a major West Texas disposal facility for radioactive oil field waste. We don't think of oil fields as producing radioactive waste, but they do. Okay. So... Justin Nobel reported, and he, re he did this investigation, he revealed that Lotus LLC in West Texas has struggled to, quote, safely manage the radioactive waste it receives, end quote. And this radioactive waste that Lotus is charged with, you know, basically storing or dispensing with 
not only comes from all over the United States, but it's imported from other countries. Now, that's something, okay? You know, it used to be that here in the United States, we would send our radioactive waste to other third world nations, but now we're importing it because they see profit. So there were documents obtained by Justin Nobel, and they came from multiple sources. And his investigation that he published back in April was based on the following, quote, correspondence with federal and state regulators, hundreds of pages of documents obtained via Freedom of Information Act request, photographs of the site, and interviews with an industry, an industry source familiar with the Lotus Disposal Site, end quote. Now, what they're saying in this first article that was published just a week and a half ago is that in the beginning, Lotus LLC was cooperative with the smog blog, but then that changed. Okay, and that's when the director of global operations, a man by the name of James, James Dillingham, um, became directly involved. And that's when the company started to push back against the evidence that Justin Nobel uncovered during his year-long investigation. And then, through Dillingham, Lotus LLC threatened potential legal action if the smog blog published this expose. In fact, Lotus pushed back in multiple ways. Uh, they wanted the, not only the article, they didn't want the article published at all at first. But once it was published, they wanted it retracted. But they also wanted all the photos removed as well. So uh, there's several different things that happened. So you have a Texas-based attorney named Sean McCabe. He contacted Justin Nobel, the, the journalist who wrote the expose, and he said that he claimed he was being sued by Lotus for, get this, for, quote, providing confidential information to Nobel, end quote. And then this Texas-based lawyer, Sean McCabe, asked for a signed affidavit from Nobel, quote, that states you know who your sources are and it was not me, end quote. So much for any bravery, right? Shows how how cowardly a lot of attorneys are. So the smog blog confirmed that on May 21, 2021, Lotus LLC filed a lawsuit against Sean McCabe in a state court in Texas, but the complaint doesn't make any specific mention of the smog blog. But they claim that McCabe breached some non-disclosure agreement that he signed in 2018. Okay, fine. And then there's the issue of the photos, and these photos are very telling. Um, the smog publishes these photographs, and they show, as I just described, stockpiled radioactive waste in barrels and tanks at the Lotus West Texas site in various levels of being just degrading. In basically, the the tanks were rusting and most likely leaching into the ground and possibly groundwater. So the photographs um, were supplied by an industry source, uh, and they said that they, they requested that the smog blog, you know, protect their identity, and that this industry source took them to the Lotus LLC facility in Andrews, Texas. Now, that was during uh, a time period between 2015 to 2016, which is before the 2018 date of McCabe's non-disclosure agreement. Now, Lotus has used a bunch of arguments to demand 
as I said, dismog not publish, or if it's already published, delete, retract the photographs of its facility. And Nobel wrote in April, quote, Lotus Director of Global Operations Dillingham stated that the photos are not representative of how Lotus LLC manages waste. These photos only illustrate a single instance where material was received and was under process or disposal, which was within the parameters of our licenses and permits. This is Dillingham from Lotus Talking. <clears throat> Dillingham added, representing Lotus by way of publishing wording or photos in a manner that causes the public to conclude that material sent to our facility is or was handled otherwise will be considered liable. Accordingly, we will seek restitution under the law for personal and, finance, personal and financial injury caused by any misrepresentation caused by this." End quote. So Dillingham also provided a response um, for his manager. Quote, the pictures that are proposed excuse me, to be presented in the article are previously poised, as previously poised, let me start again. So this is an explanation that Dillingham gave for his manager. <coughs> Excuse me, quote, the pictures that are proposed to be presented in the article as previously poised are the property of Lotus LLC and are copyrighted, and we don't give permission to display those in any form or fashion and must be returned to us immediately. Additionally, the entity or person who has conveyed these pictures to you or has somehow allowed them to become in your, in your possession has violated the confidentiality clause they signed up for and their identity must also be revealed to us so that appropriate legal action may be conducted should these photos be publicly displayed and not returned or destroyed. You are requested to resolve this issue immediately so as to prevent further harm. Dillingham went on to say, quote, according to my manager, the photos you provided are outdated and not an accurate representation of what is currently at the facility. So, here's what happened according to the smog blog. Late March, before this expose was published, keep in mind, Justin Nobel, the journalist who conducted and completed this investigation, took an entire year. So he's near the end of that year in March. It's the middle of the pandemic, and Lotus invited uh, Nobel, who resides in New York, to visit the West Texas facility himself to see what's really going on. Now the company retracted its offer when Nobel asked if the smog blog could send Texas-based freelance photographer Justin Ham Hamill to, turn the, to tour the facility, which makes perfect sense. Nobel's based in New York, and he's supposed to risk his life during the middle of COVID and get on a plane when they already have a relationship with this freelance photographer who's in Texas. And they need a photographer anyway. It's just, it makes perfect sense. So in April, the smog sent Hamill to take aerial photographs of the facility, of Lotus's facility in Andrews, Texas. Was it Andrews, Texas? I believe so. Yeah, Andrews, Texas. Um, so basically, here's what happened. Hamill took the aerial photographs from a from basically a bird's eye view from a small airplane that he hired from nearby Midland, Texas. He also had photos uh, from the ground that were taken at Lotus's corporate office, office and truck yard in Andrews. Now, 
to Smog's original article, Hamill's, Hamill's photographs show that there are significant, very, really large amounts of what can only be called stockpiled radioactive waste that are in rusty, rusty tanks or barrels, damaged tanks or barrels, and they're stored directly just there sitting in the sun on what looks like an unlined surface. There's no protection. And that really has a risk of groundwater and surface contamination because, again, there's no, there's no liner, there's no protection. So after the article was published, a lawyer representing Lotus sent a letter to Hamill claiming that his photographs were taken, quote, inappropriately. Uh, and the lawyer for Lotus claimed that Hamill's photographs must have been taken either in, quote, <clears throat> an unrecorded flight or using a drone, which is apparently illegal in Texas. And this Lotus lawyer also wrote, quote, we demand that you require the article posted on Desmog's website be retracted and that all photographs taken by you at the, of the Lotus plant be returned to Lotus within three business days. If not, we will recommend to Lotus that it take all available actions, including seeking the recovery of civil penalties from you. We request, excuse me, we request the following potentially critical evidence not be sold, destroyed, tampered, or repaired. All photographs, all drones, all correspondence between you and Justin Nobel, and all records supporting your contention that the photographs were taken in a small airplane. Wow. They're really running scared. Because that lawyer, he just pulled out all the stops. Apparently with no evidence. So Hamill told the smog, look, he never operated a drone to get these photos. And he also claimed that all the photos were taken legally, either from public property or from the plane. The plane was contracted out of Midland, Texas, by a company that his publishers of the smog uh, believed that, you know, it operated basically in full compliance with FAA rules, Federal Aviation Administration. And Hamill includes a picture of the seat of the plane that he flew in, um, with his camera sitting right there. Also, there's a photo of a man-made reservoir. Uh, the plane body is visible from the photo itself. And that was as he was on his way to fly over Lovis property. Um, one of the aerial photos of the Lotus facility is here, but it wasn't published because the plane's propeller is visible. So, and the Smog blog stands by both their journalist, Justin Nobel, and Hamill, the photographer, and they're not going to be intimidated. So, you know, no shock there, right? So let's look at the actual, and, and, and that first part, just to get it straight, is really an example of how our justice system is so improperly named. There's nothing fair or just about it, okay? You get as much justice in this country as you can basically fork over cash. That's it. it. It's justice too often is basically an auction, and the richest people win. And it speaks to the fact that the legal profession apparently can't be trusted to police themselves. So there need to be higher ethical um, considerations because they're obviously abusing their privilege. So here they wanted to just stop this publication altogether. I've seen these photos. 
it's clear you can see part of the plane from the photo you know there's there's no way a drone took this it's absurd so let's look at the actual article that Justin Nobel created so let's look at that expose that this Texas company finds so threatening this is from the smog international and it's by Justin Nobel it was published in April April 22nd 2021 the headline is, where does all the radioactive fracking waste go? Now, I want to make sure you understand this. It's not just fracking. Oil and gas do have radioactive waste as well in terms of the processing of those products. Fracking in particular has even more so. So let's get into this. So Justin Nobel did this year-long investigation, and he found that this, this major disposal site in West Texas by this corporation called Lotus LLC has a very, shall we say, inconsistent record and, and just really lousy record, really. But more importantly, they're not just collecting and, and housing radioactive waste from the United States. They're also, quote, importing radioactive oil field waste from abroad, end quote. So it goes back to 2017. May 8, 2017, there was a drum of radioactive oil field waste from Australia that arrived at the Lotus facility in West Texas, the disposal site. Now, the drum of waste entered the United States territory, quote, aboard a Singapore Airlines jet. And it was packaged in a steel drum like they're supposed to. Can't keep it there, though. It's not going to not going to remain contained like that. Now, files from the Railroad Commission of Texas um, said that this drum contained, quote, the radioactive element radium in concentrations of 2,095 picocuries per gram. Now, those levels, quote, are more than 400 times the protective health limits designated by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for toxic Superfund sites and uranium mills where fuel, and, and this is where fuel for nuclear bombs was once assembled, end quote. Now, the Railroad Commission of Texas is significant because that is the main oil and gas regulator for the state of Texas. I'm not going to comment on the wisdom of that decision, but it just is. So this argument goes on. And here, here is this, I'm just going to directly quote this line, quote, the oil and gas industry produces an extraordinary amount of waste. Much of it is toxic, and it can be highly radioactive too, end quote. This is something we don't hear. Okay, this has been kept from us, but it's important. So go back to the history of this. Apparently, since 1997, approximately 1 million barrels of oil field waste have been dumped at the Lotus disposal site in Andrews, Texas. And that disposal site is right off of a dusty desert road, about 19 miles west of the town. Here's the ironic part. Several miles from the Andrews, Texas repository where all this radioactive waste has been dumped is, quote, a massive solar array financed by Facebook, which was reported on, as documented by DeSmog blog, and 
that solar array, again, paid for by Facebook, provides energy to Shell's fracking operations. Okay, the irony here is it's just too damn poignant, okay? Just, you just have to let that wash over you. The absolute gall of the attorneys that protect these corporate criminals, as well as the corporate criminals themselves, unbelievable. So anyway, there was a lot of correspondence with federal and state regulators uh, so that the journalist here, Justin Nobel, obtained documents through a Freedom of Information Act request, as well as interviews with an industry whistleblower. Um, and once again, it reiterates the idea that, yes, the Lotus disposal site has really had a hard time managing the radioactive waste that it receives just from the United States. And now it's expanding its reach internationally. And that's truly frightening. So you kind of wonder, okay, why are oil, why, why is the fossil fuel industry able to avoid and not, you know, to, let me go back. Why is the fossil fuel industry that is not nuclear, it's just oil and gas, why are they allowed to evade any of the federal regulations for proper disposal of radioactive materials, which actually are part of their process? Well, it goes back to an industry exemption that was passed all the way back in 1980, and it's the Benson and Beville Amendments. And these amendments, the Benson and Beville, let me start again. The Benson and Beville Amendments are amendments to uh, a law called the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. And these amendments classify oil and gas waste as non-hazardous. Let's say that again. The Benson Beville Amendments to the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act, dating back to 1980, classifies oil and gas waste as non-hazardous. And subsequently, there's very little regulatory scrutiny. They wrote basically a get-out-of-jail-free card for the fossil fuel industry and their radioactive waste. And because they don't, they don't have any real ability to regulate them, they don't, they're not reporting on it either. Now, while Justin Nobel was doing this piece, he, one of his FOIA requests went to the Railroad Commission, which again, in Texas, is the agency that is supposed to supervise and manage all these issues, including nuclear waste from the oil and gas industry. And the documents that they received from the Railroad Commission in that FOIA request, quote, suggest that practices at Lotus's remote disposal site have put the company's workers and the environment at risk, end quote. So now we've got a remark from Melissa Troutman, who is with Earthworks. She's an analyst and author. And she's the author of a 2019 report on oil and gas waste as well. To quote Troutman, quote, the oil and gas industry has been really good at painting the picture that they are not a radioactive industry, when in reality it produces a massive amount of radioactive material, end quote. Where was the mainstream, mainstream media with all this? Nowhere. And it, 
turns out also there are basically more and more environmentalists and communities and even workers from the industry, as documented by the smog blog, that have become more critical of the fossil fuel industry. And they're hoping they can get some action under the Biden administration, but I wouldn't hold your breath. There's this small band of advocacy groups that have focused on, quote, radioactive oil field waste, long an industry problem, but one that has metastasized in the fracking boom on radio and on radioactive oil field waste. I'm going to say it again. This small band of advocacy groups have focused on the following, quote, radioactive oil field waste, long an industry problem, but one that has metastasized in the fracking boom, okay? And eventually it's going to endanger the industry's bottom line, but I'm sure their corporate lawyers will just convince them to file for bankruptcy and they won't ever be held accountable. This is why these corporate decision makers and those that cover up for this, as well as their corporate attorneys, they need to be held criminally liable, not just civilly liable. So we have another uh, commenter, Ted Ouch, A-U-C-H. He's an analyst with the watchdog group called Frack Tracker Alliance. To quote Ted Ouch, waste, quote, waste is the Achilles heel for these guys. The entire industry operates on the notion that this stuff is relatively cheap and easy to get rid of. If they ever had to pay full price, for the waste they produce, the industry's cost calculus crumbles, end quote. We have another comment. Um, this is from a calculation in a 2013 analysis that was co-authored by this particular commenter, nuclear physicist and radioactive waste specialist Marvin Reznikov. Okay. Reznikov basically said, quote, uh, if oil and gas if all, excuse me if oil and gas waste were appropriately characterized, disposal costs could increase by more than half a million dollars for every will for every well drilled. He went on to say, quote, "If the industry was not exempt from the hazardous waste law, the characterization of their waste would be far better, the tracking would be far better." And it would be harder for companies to manipulate the system like this, end quote. So it's quite obvious the Benson, Beville uh, exemptions should never have been allowed to stand. But Lotus takes advantage of it because technically it's legal. It isn't right. It's causing damage. But they can get away with it. So let's talk about it. Who is Lotus LLC? Now keep in mind, LLC means Limited Liability Corporation. So let's go back a little here. According to the EPA, as documented by EPA.gov, the oil and gas industry creates approximately 5 million cubic feet of radioactive sludge a year, and much of it in tanks at the wellhead. Now, to give you an idea of how much that is, picture an Olympic-sized swimming pool every week that would be filled every week. And that, that particular figure would only include sludge generated from conventional wells, okay? We're not talking about fracking wells. That generates even more. 
So they go on to explain that there's this thing called a radioactive scale. Scale forms on the inside of wellhead piping and, quote, sludge and radioactive films that are invisible to the naked eye. So the scale forms on the inside of the wellhead piping along with some sludge and some other radioactive film, if you will. And you can't really see them, but they accumulate, they accumulate inside natural gas and natural gas liquid pipelines and processing equipment. So it's there. There was a 1993 paper that was published by the Society of Petroleum Engineers. And it explained that this type of material, quote, must be handled as low-level radioactive waste and disposed of accordingly. I'm going to repeat that because it needs repeating. 1993 paper published by the Society let me start again. 1993 paper published by none other than the Society of Petroleum Engineers has said that this material from oil and gas wells, quote, must be handled as low-level radioactive waste and disposed of accordingly, end quote. You would think these engineers would know more than corporate lawyers about this kind of stuff, but Benson Beville exemption still covers the industry. Now, and because of that, oil and gas waste is considered non-hazardous, non-hazardous under the Benson-Beville amendments. And even though it's considered, even though oil and gas waste is considered non-hazardous under the province of the political Benson and Beville amendments, it is often too radioactive to be disposed of in a typical landfill. It's obvious that the Benson and Deville amendments must go, and they're going to have to be challenged in court. So now you've got these special disposal sites, okay? Lotus claims they're one of them, and they're licensed to handle radioactive oil field waste, including, quote, U.S. Ecology in Idaho and Energy Solutions in Utah. Now, Lotus is a private company. They have between 75 and 100 employees. They have permits from the Railroad Commission of Texas. Again, in Texas, the Railroad Commission is what regulates and monitors this type of material. And they also allow the waste from these oil and gas wells, this radioactive waste, to be unloaded and dumped into pits. And then, now here's what's supposed to happen. When that waste is dumped into the pits, it's supposed to be crushed mixed with water for a slurry, kind of like a, you know, you know, kind of like a, a, what you would see in a, oh, I don't know, um, uh, and you drink a Slurpee, okay? And then what it's supposed to then is be injected down a set of injection wells and into a salt cavern. Now, if properly done, this, there are these massive domes of salt beneath the earth and that they can be used as this underground or subterranean locker. And the Department of Energy said this is an appropriate option, according to their website, for the disposal of radioactive oil field waste. But it doesn't happen like that. The Railroad Commission report uh, included this 2003 inspection and it indicated the waste, surprise, isn't always making it to the salt cavern. 
and that LOTUS is, quote, only using the entire facility plant and decon facility for storage, end quote. So this 2003 inspection report from the Railroad Commission in Texas, the agency charged with, with basically uh, regulating this industry, said that the waste, yeah, it's not always making it to the salt cavern, and instead LOTUS is using their land as a, you know, a dump, a dump for radioactive waste right out there in the open air. And I'm looking at a picture right now, and you can see how these massive metal drums are just degrading and literally caving in on themselves. Lotus does do one thing they're supposed to. They, they mark these tanks with these placards that, that are these yellow placards that indicate radioactivity. Well, that's good of them. So the whistleblower who has remained unidentified also agrees this critique of Lotus from that 2003 report, and they describe the situation um, that they saw during, that they witnessed during an informal visit between 2015 to 2016. And during this visit, they saw the Lotus site in Andrews, Texas, quote, had been overrun with stockpile waste with barrels piled up around the site, end quote. So, this anonymous whistleblower is allegedly from inside the industry. And they requested anonymity because they have ongoing industry legal obligations. But apparently this insider provided a smog blog with photos of the Lotus site from that period, which, quote, conveyed damaged rusty tanks marked with a yellow radioactive symbol, radioactivity symbol, a heap dumpster of additional waste material and several unmarked black barrels sitting on wooden pallets without any liners or containment to prevent leaching or runoff. Okay, end quote. And the whistleblower referred to the Lotus site as, quote, alarming and a potential environmental disaster for Texas and one of the most shocking facilities I have ever seen in my time in the oil and gas industry, end quote. So the smog blog sent the photos they received from this insider James Dillingham, who's the director of global operations for Lotus, and Dillingham replied with several remarks. And of course, they're going to defend the corporation and not give us any extra information. Dillingham stonewalling, basically. So Dillingham said the photos, quote, are not representative of how Lotus LLC manages waste. These photos only illustrate a single instance where material was received and was under process for disposal, which was within the parameters of our licenses and permits. End quote. And then he, Dillingham added, quote, representing Lotus by way of publishing wording or photos in a manner that causes the public to conclude that material sent to our facility is or was handled otherwise will be considered libel. Accordingly, we will seek restitution under the law for personal and financial injury caused by any misrepresentation caused by this, end quote. Okay. So again, he's huffing and puffing, Dillingham screaming libel, and saying that, you know, this was only one instance, except according to reports, including from the state of Texas, it wasn't just one instance. But Dillingham goes on, and he actually responds for his manager by saying, quote, the pictures that are proposed to be presented in the article as previously poised are the property of Lotus LLC and are copyrighted 
and we don't give permission to display those in any form or fashion and must be returned to us immediately. Additionally, the entity or person who has conveyed these pictures to you or has somehow, somehow allowed them to become in your possession has violated the confidentiality clause they signed up for, and their identity must also be revealed to us so that appropriate legal action may be conducted should these photos be publicly displayed and not returned or destroyed. You are requested to resolve this issue immediately so as to prevent further harm. Dillingham also said, quote, according to my manager, the photos you have provided are outdated and not an accurate representation of what is currently at the facility, end quote. Okay. Except for one problem. The photographs, some of them anyway, were taken on April 4th, 2021, basically about three weeks before the article was published, because the smog sent the photographer in a small plane as Hamill, and the photo revealed that the site in Andrews, Texas, has all these stockpiled barrels and containers. And when the whistleblower looked at the photos taken in April of 21, that, that whistleblower said that, quote, the images suggest that many of the same issues remain and may have worsened since their earlier site observations of the Lotus facility during the 2015-2016 timeframe. The whistleblower also pointed to, quote, what appeared to be significant amounts of stockpiled tenorn waste held in numerous damaged, rusted, and degraded tanks or barrels stored directly on an unlined surface without proper containment to prevent leaching, runoff, and other direct risks to groundwater and surface contamination. Okay. The whistleblower also uh, said that many large open tanks in the pictures um, showed high, what they call high volumes, what they call filter sock and scale from pipes used during oil field operations. Now, filter socks and pipe scale are, quote, known to have a high radioactive signature as documented by the EPA. Okay. The whistleblower went on to say that these were compliance issues and possible violations and that there was possibly improper containment around the site. There was, um, there weren't line protection on the surface. In other words, the surface had no line protection um, and that quite a few volumes of stockpiled 10-arm waste were just sitting around that had not been processed or properly disposed. Now, the Lotus operation manager is a man named Dan Snow. Dan Snow replied to DeSmog blog in an email, quote, I can't confirm these pictures, end quote. Snow went on to say, quote, as always, our plant is in full production mode, handling all types of RCRI exempt waste as it is shipped to the facility. Waste comes in all types of packaged and unpackaged methods, and it can even come in a dump truck so long as the transporter follows the DOT, Department of Transportation, and RRC rules. Waste may even come in the form of abandoned vessels that have to be taken apart to remove the waste, end quote. And then Snow went on to say that all Lotus operations are in compliance with all federal rules and state rules and permits. Okay, that's nice. So the smog sent those aerial photos to the RRC in Texas for review, and they asked the agency to comment on the pictures. 
So RJ, a man named RJ, well, I'm assuming it's a man. The ROC Director of Communications is someone, let's put it that way, named RJ De Silva. And De Silva claimed, quote, our agency conducts inspections to ensure compliance with all rules in place to protect public safety and the environment, end quote. And then he directed the people to Smogblog to a web portal that gives them some inspection information for oil field facilities. That's nice. Then he went on to say that the most recent RRC inspection of the Lotus site in Andrews, uh, Texas, happened on March 29, 2021, and they didn't find any compliance uh, violations. They stated, quote, no violations were observed in this inspection. That's nice. Except when you look at these pictures and you see these rusted containers and you know radioactive waste is in these rusted containers, and there's no lining between these containers and the ground, you pretty much know that this is a dangerous situation. But because of the Benson-Bevel amendments, they can get away with it. Okay? It's going to take people power because the courts apparently can't be trusted on this one. There's too much money at stake. It's my opinion. All right. So hundreds of barrels of oil field waste arrive by truck at Lotus every day. And it comes from oil and gas fields across Texas. Um, and also neighboring states like New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. comes from offshore wells in the Gulf of Mexico, um, including the last few oil and gas platforms off California's coast that are operated by Exxon. Um, the waste comes from states as far as Alaska, North Dakota, Michigan, Colorado, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania, even states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa, now, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, they don't have any significant oil fields, but they have pipelines that transport oil or transport fracking, you know, tar sands, and those pipelines are filled to the brim with radioactive sludge. The Railroad Commission, charged with taking care of this, also said that radioactive sludge builds up in compressor stations and then that waste can be shipped to someone like Lotus as well. Um, and the file showed that almost every major operator in the fossil fuel industry has sent their waste to Lotus. And that included the following, ExxonMobil, BP, Chevron, Occidental, Anadarko, ConocoPhillips, Chesapeake, and then midstream companies like Kinder Morgan and Oneyoke. The smog tried to contact these companies most of them didn't respond at all. BP did with a quote, a quote from Cameron Nazminia, who's the corporate communications manager at BP, um, saying, quote, at BP, we remain committed to safe, reliable, and compliant operations. These operators took a lot and got in over their heads. And that's what they said in response to questions about Lotus. So, you know, once again, they just know to keep their mouths shut because the Benson Bevel amendments shield them. There's really no true um, monitoring, no true regulations to protect us. And that was done by design in 1980 with the Benson Bevel amendments. You would think that some of these legislators are also attorneys 
would realize this and fight for us, but, you know, that's, it's more, there's a greater chance of me basically growing wings out of my asshole and flying to Miami Beach than there is that these attorneys will do the right thing. Just saying. So the process of grinding this radioactive waste into a slurry and shooting it down a hole, you know, into this uh, subterranean salt mine sounds easy. But the whistleblower explained that this process is, quote, technically challenging and operationally expensive, okay? Now, you've heard this, uh, this term, TENNORM, and NORM, and basically what it means, TENNORM stands for Technologically Enhanced Naturally Occurring Radioactive Material. In other words, it's radioactive oil field waste. And don't you just love that acronym? TENNORM, Technologically Enhanced Naturally Occurring Radioactive Materials. So, of course, if it's naturally occurring, they can't be blamed. Well, hogwash. So, the whistleblower explained also that if a facility is licensed um, to get rid of this 10 norm, this radioactive waste, um, they can charge waste generators, generators really high disposal fees. Uh, basically as high as 200 to $250 per barrel, and compare that to the average cost of $8 per barrel just to dispose of the industry's non-radioactive waste at a facility like, you know, Lotus. So when you know they're not being watched, we really need to investigate to see how much of this waste that is radioactive was labeled non-radioactive so they could pay the lower price. Last time I checked, that's criminal fraud. So the whistleblower said the following, quote, what happened is they just got to, what happened in reference to Lotus, is they just got overrun with 10-arm waste material being delivered from all over the country. They were not technologically or operationally capable and did not properly manage what was accepted for disposal at the facility. These operators took a lot and got in over their heads, end quote, which makes sense. Now we get back to the Lotus Director of Global Operations, Mr. Dillingham, and he said, quote, any norm contaminated material, now there's radioactive, present at the site is being processed in accordance with our license and permits. Oh, end quote. Well, that sounds nice, except that, they're, again, their license and permit doesn't really require them to do much of anything. Dillingham went on to say, quote, we have been able to increase daily capacity by having more employees, more offload areas, more efficient pumps, and better process knowledge. Okay. He also went on to say that Lotus was licensed to receive all kinds of, quote, non-hazardous oil and gas waste and that not all the waste it received was radioactive. Quote, I only say that to illustrate the fact that the items that appear to be accumulating may not necessarily be classified as radioactive waste, nor a waste that has other hazardous elements, end quote. Okay. But again, this is the problem with basically deregulating everything. They deregulated to the point that even all the way back to 1980, thanks to the Benson-Bevel Amendments, 
they don't have to do it. They could be in compliance and still not do anything they're really technologically supposed to do and get away with it. Okay. Now, the, the company's own quarterly reports, according to the Railroad Commission, it basically said Lotus took in over 10 times more waste in 2013 compared to 2003. And when Dillingham was asked how the company handled, quote, the enhanced waste stream brought on by the fracking boom, Dillingham said, quote, we are currently investing heavily in new technology that will help us process the more difficult types of waste that are plaguing the industry. We believe this technology will allow us to provide a more economical yet equally a secure solution to the industry. In the meantime, any difficult or time-consuming materials requiring extended processing are securely, temporarily stored in a restricted area adjacent to the processing disposal facility with constant surveillance, air monitoring, and dosimetry. End quote. Now, this, I'm sorry, dosimetry. Dosimetry is the science of measuring the amount of radiation that's been absorbed by your body. Okay? But once again, they're unregulated. They've been deregulated. So Mr. Dillingham can say that they're investing in this technology. They can claim that these things are, temp are, are securely stored. But those photos say otherwise. They're out in the open. The containers are obviously degraded. And seriously, if quote, an alleged terrorist wanted to go and hit that place, there'd be nothing stopping them, or very little. Okay? Now, Dillingham also claimed that they are subjected to surprise audits by the Railroad Commission and the Texas Department State of Health, State Health Services, yada, yada, yada. And he goes on to say, quote, these audits would reveal any discrepancy between the Lotus operation and the items that are allowed under the licenses and permits, while also obviously revealing any potential, potential weak points that could cause increased risk to human health and safety. Sounds nice, but again, there's no proof. Mr. Dillion can claim what he wants, but the fact is, again, I know I'm sounding like I'm harping on a broken record, so to speak, but thanks to the benson Beville amendments, this type of stuff is not classified as radioactive waste. Therefore, it doesn't fall under the purview of EPA. That's it. So they're dumping this radioactive waste. It's in plain sight according to the photos, which is why they want the photos back and destroyed. But once again, let's go on. This is a risk to workers. So the journalist that did this report acquired over 2,000 pages of records and reports, okay? And it goes all the way back to 1997 when Lotus opened this facility and, quote, this history, it, it, it showed that basically there were a lot of problematic incidents right after the site opened in 1997 and that, quote, this history includes radioactive waste leaking into the ground and barrels of waste regular, regularly being piled on site for extended periods of time, end quote. In fact, in 2003, there was a very damning Railroad Commission inspection. The report stated, quote, 
There were several metal drums with corroded sides and our bottoms located in various spots within the fenced process facility. The deteriorated condition of these drums has allowed some norm content, in other words, radioactive material, to escape to the ground. The inspection also said that the rain received in the days before the inspection had carried contamination to, quote, low-lying muddy areas near the gate. Right? We have this situation in St. Louis with the magical fence at Westlake that just magically protects us from the unlined pit that stores radioactive fuel, radioactive waste. Okay, it doesn't. And there were some handwritten notes in the 2003 report uh, from the Railroad Commission, and it had shown that the drums of waste had been kind of moved around the actual site itself, quote, only for the purpose of a cosmetic cover-up, end quote. So, you know, basically saying that this wasn't being disposed of properly, you know, in the salt cavern, but they were stored on the site's grounds. And you can see it in the photos. And the notes also uh, basically express a worry that one of the injection wells had been, quote, inappropriately abandoned. And that, quote, the casing perhaps could be corroded or wear away gradually. Um, and if the well were not properly isolated, the situation could be, quote, harmful to our drinking water, end quote. I think that's pretty obvious right there. Okay. Then in May 2004, uh, the Railroad Commission Assistant Director, Assistant District Director, a man named Mike Houston, visited the Lotus facility. And he noted that, quote, there are still some pollution concerns, uh, end quote. And he walked through and he said he noticed, quote, leaking steel drums whose contents had either partially spilled or had the immediate possibility of leaking onto the storage yard soils, end quote. And the letter went on to say the conditions observed there violated what's called Texas Statewide Rule 8, which apparently uh, concerns itself with water pollution and oil field waste pits. The report also um, spoke to worker risk regarding radioactivity to workers. Um, quote, one steel drum at the Lotus site measured 5,800 micro-REMs per hour, a measurement used to classify how much radioactivity would be absorbed by a human being, an amount which can be a health threat to coworkers given extended exposure time, end quote. There's more. Right, and there's a lot of information here. Um, the smog blog also consulted with um, a nuclear forensic scientist um, associated with the Worcester Polytechnic Institute, a man named Marco Kaltofen. And he explained that the level Railroad Commission discovered, this, this commissioner, and he said it was something to really be worried about. Quote, at 5,800 micro-REMs an hour, it would take only two days to get your typical annual, that means yearly, dose of industrial medical radiation, end quote. And Kathoffen also um, posed this in an email, uh, reference dose limits set by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission for, nuclear, for the nuclear and medical industries, okay? You think, okay, that should be the end of it, right? But it's not because those limits, those, dose, those radioactive dose limits set by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission that covers nuclear and medical workers does not cover 
oil and gas workers. You got to ask yourself why. Well, it goes back to that amendment, doesn't it? Um, so the smog also received uh, some public records from the Railroad Commission. And among those records was a letter sent to the regulatory agency in October 2000. Now, these people didn't identify themselves. They just called themselves concerned citizens of Andrews County, Texas. We regret having to write you a letter anonymously, but because of the nature of the individual involved, we share not only reprisal from him personally, but also from his battery of attorneys. The concerned citizens explained they have made trips to, the, to a facility operated by Lotus LLC in western Andrews County and found drums of radioactive waste stacked along the fence line of the, of the facility, a large pile of dirt and rocks on the north fence line that appears to be radioactive contaminant as well, and a trio of 500-barrel frack tanks that are completely full of what appears to be radioactive waste, end quote. Well, predictably, Lotus's response was that some of the waste has been stored there in excess of two years. The Railroad Commission didn't provide a direct response, you know, regarding how long waste is allowed to sit before having to basically be sent to an injection well and, and then into a salt cavern. Um, so, you know, again, they haven't located the authors of this anonymous letter, but, you know, it is what it is. Dillingham's response was, quote, as it relates to the concerns presented in the letter, the, the citizens are entitled, are certainly entitled to bring awareness to potential problems. However, in this particular case, it doesn't appear there was anything that was causing any elevated health, safety, or environmental risk, end quote except that he has no proof, okay? Now, there's more. Gillingham also defended the company's um, records on how they deal with workers regarding radioactivity, radioactive contamination. According to Dillingham, quote, I can confirm that at the time of the filing and continuing through today, all employees whose job duties involve potentially making an entry into a restricted area are monitored in the bisimetry program outlined in the Lotus Health Physics Plan. As a company that is licensed for handling this type of waste, we have our own health physics plan in place. Lotus workers work around norm, that means the radioactive waste, all day, every day. And given that we have never had a person exceed that dose limit ever, and we have been in business since 1997, end quote. We just have Dillingham's word for it, though. So, Texas regulators didn't get involved. Um, the, the smog contacted the Texas Department of State Health Services, um, you know, concerning the fact that Lotus has sloppy record keeping, it seems, that is basically putting workers and the environment at risk. And the response they received from the Texas Department of State Health Services uh, was the following, quote, DSHS does not regulate the Lotus Disposal Site, end quote. And that came from somebody named Chris Van Dusen, who is the agency's director of media, regulation, media relations. Excuse me. When DeSmog asked what tests, inspections, or surveys the agency conducted, you know, of Lotus workers, 
to prove that they're being protected from radioactivity, at least to an you know, acceptable level, Van Dusen responded the following, quote, DSHS DH, does not regulate the Lotus disposal site. That's it. So, OSHA, the Occupational Safety Hazards Association, another government agency, had some correspondence with the smog before that. They basically said oil field workers aren't at risk from any radioactivity, but they admit they had never formally studied the issue. Well, they are at risk for radioactivity. And the whistleblower, you know, basically said the following, quote, it is exceedingly maddening that nothing is actively being done to properly address these issues. Myself and others have been pounding the table on this and speaking with the Railroad Commission in Texas for nearly 10 years now. It is there. Everyone knows about it, and no one can say they don't know. If the regulators have not taken any meaningful efforts to correct this dangerous and poor operating practice. Now it gets worse. Lotus is in the position now they're going to import, bring in radioactive waste from the oil and gas industry from all over the world. Okay, again, that same industry exemption, the Benson Beville exemption that classifies oil and gas waste as not being radioactive and therefore not under the purview of the EPA or OSHA also makes it easier then to import, bring in radioactive oil and gas waste that's produced all over the world. And it also allows that waste to move around the United States improperly or insufficiently monitored. The smog basically sent some letters to the EPA, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the Railroad Commission of Texas, and no federal or state agency is going to be tracking or monitoring shipments of this oil field waste, which is radioactive, into the U.S. from foreign countries. None of these agencies are, they, these agents are saying they don't have any regulatory authority over international shipments. U.S. Customs and Border Protection didn't respond. Now, Jeff Tyson, so it goes on and on and on, and you get the drift here. They are, we are getting radioactive waste from Canada. This is truly ironic, okay? Justin Trudeau, the Canadians, they love pushing their environmental credentials, right? You know, and acting like they're so superior, but they're sending radioactive, radioactive waste in the oil and gas industry here in the U.S., okay? In fact, the Railroad Commission records revealed that more than 450 barrels of this waste from Canada um, arrived between 1991, 1999 and 2004. We're getting radioactive waste from Australia, okay? And again, Lotus is in the process of expanding its overseas operations. They set up an office in Watford, England. And this is part of what they call a joint venture, quote, tasked with decommissioning decontamination and waste management services to the oil and gas industry sectors in Europe, UK, and Russia. Okay. And there was a map that was passed along by Dillingham. So it came straight from Dillingham himself, from Lotus, that shows that Lotus has a corporate presence in oil fields on every continent on the globe except Antarctica. Dillingham goes on to say, quote, our international services include norm training, surveying, consulting, decontamination, 
decontamination and a whole gamut of other non-norm-related services relating to decommissioning and well servicing. And he goes on and on and on. There is a website for the English, English sorry, there is a website for the England-based joint venture for Lotus VRG, and it's promoting the disposal side in Andrews, Texas as their, I guess their model. To quote from the website, Welcome to Lotus VRG from our licensed facility in Texas. We provide norm decontamination, transportation, and disposal internationally to wherever our clients' facilities require us, end quote. According to federal law, um, the company is confident that these imports are legal. Okay? So we can go on and on, but you get the idea. There, uh, so there was a 2018 letter from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, and it stated that, quote, because the federal agency has no regulatory authority over the oil and gas industry's radioactive materials, it would not meet the definition of radioactive waste. I'll say that again. This is a 2018 letter from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission stating that, quote, because the federal agency has no regulatory authority over the oil and gas industry's radioactive materials, it would not meet the definition of radioactive waste, end quote. In fact, an EPA spokesperson said, quote, EPA has no records of Lotus importing oil field waste, end quote. And the agency isn't keeping track of how much of this foreign oil field waste is coming to our shores. They're not keeping track of how it enters the country, where it enters the country. They're not even keeping records of how radioactive this stuff is. Okay. So NRC, a Nuclear Regulatory Commission spokesperson, David McIntyre, told Smogblog, quote, as we lack jurisdiction over this material, we do not track its movement or disposal, end quote. So there's more, several analysts and policymakers spoke to the smog for the story, and these people were unaware that oil field waste was being imported into the United States. And that's really frightening, too. Okay. Apparently, no agency in Texas has any jurisdiction. That's the other thing. None of them. Not the Railroad Commission or the Texas Department of State Health Services. The feds don't. They, nobody has any jurisdiction, quote, any jurisdiction over the import or export of radioactive waste, period. Imports and exports are regulated exclusively by the federal government. But the government's saying because of the Benson-Bevel amendments, they can't regulate it either. So we have this perfect storm for a disaster. And why? Because back in 1980, some legislators that were most likely taking money from the industry crafted this exemption that never should have seen the light of day. Just shouldn't. Okay? And this is what we're dealing with now. So, conclusion. There was a lot of information thrown at you, but by now it's patently clear that the EPA and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission can't and won't help the public protect itself from the fossil fuel industry and their nuclear cousins, in other words, the radioactive waste that is created 
despise the fossil fuel industry. Our justice system, let's face it, is a joke. And this is painfully obvious as we see technically legal exemptions to laws, Benson Bevel amendments, intended to protect the, the, these exemptions to laws that basically defang the laws that are intended to protect the public from these deadly, these deadly, uh, um, these deadly things like radioactive waste. Instead, the public is not being protected, and these exemptions are carved out to protect the billionaire and the corporate class from actually having to obey rule of law. Okay, we just saw this past week uh, a couple of billionaires shoot themselves into space for a joyride. They don't pay their taxes, they get by with that, but they can afford a joyride. And so this is what happened. So we go back to that main exemption, the Benson Bevel Amendments passed in 1980, flew under the journalistic and the legal radar, and they remained there, and it shouldn't have. These amendments carved the exemption for the oil and gas industry regarding radioactive waste and, by, and its byproducts. Essentially, the EPA couldn't touch the industry. This is just another example of what might be considered, quote, good lawyering, but it's actually dishonest lawyering. These amendments never should have seen the lies data, never should have existed. Furthermore, those people hurt by the industry's radioactive waste should have better legal recourse than state-level courts. So going back full circle, once again, the legal profession has served their corporate clients well while failing the rest of society. And that's as they abuse their privilege, a.k.a. practicing law. Rule of law should be about truth and fundamental fairness not semantic hair splitting that results in this current, uh, this current situation of dishonest corporations effectively poisoning the rest of us. That's it. And, you know, once again, we should have known about this. But instead of covering this, mainstream media was covering, you know, what, what color hair Kirsten Cinema had? I mean, we really need to hold the mainstream media accountable as well because they haven't done their job. They just haven't. And they've turned into entertainment. Journalism isn't supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to inform you. And it's a necessary fourth estate that is supposed to keep democratic rule going. And we're teetering on the edge now. So I don't know what's going to happen with Progressive News Network. I don't know if we're going to stay on Black Talk Radio or if we're going to go elsewhere, but I will certainly let you know because we will be there. We will be covering the difficult stories. We will be asking the difficult questions. We won't back down. I find it ironic that my my dog, my best friend, she's she's lovely, this dog, is a pit bull seems an appropriate symbolism. Anyway, that's the Environmental Justice Report for today. I'm your host, Janine Moloff, and with that I say good night and God bless. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.